Minnie, I cannot wait to see all the Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Valentine's Day, and you know what that means. We've got Texas death matches, the return <laughs> of the Fred Durst goatees, and so much more. But before we get into all that, of course, as always, allow me to introduce the crew. I'm Jack Farmer, being joined by Jimmy Corderas, calling things down the middle, and Issa Ramos, the person who's got a new hairstyle for Valentine's Day. Issa, how have you been? I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? I've been good. I've been good. Just went to Vegas, you know, went to Tampa for the Rumble. But now I'm going to take I'm gonna take some time before I fly again for WrestleMania. So cool. you have, been, yeah, you've been a crazy, a jet setter recently. I mean, going to, I mean, the Rumble, the Vegas, like, real quick, before we get into the show, tell me a few, like, highlights of this trip you've been on, mm -hmm. some of your favorites. I really, really enjoyed that WrestleMania kickoff. The energy, the atmosphere in the building, the fans were excited. Like the, even, even just I did a round outside to get some content for Lucha Libre Online, and there was like a lot of back and forth. Cody sucks. We want Cody signs, and the fans were having like a lot of fun banter, and it just felt like a very exciting time. I know that things were going a different direction, and there was some backlash, but that backlash really brought a lot of interest to this event. I was very impressed with how they managed to fill up T-Mobile. I mean, it was a free to attend event, don't get me wrong, but on a on a weekday, you know, like announced at the last second, it had a really good turnout, and the energy in that building was just absolutely crazy, and I, I, I lived for all of it. Yeah, when I first heard about the uh, the press conference, I was like, well, this is some nonsense that they're going to try to just get some extra footage on. It, it blew me away. That was such yeah. an exciting press conference to see. I thought that they knocked that completely out of the park. And next time they do one, it's going to be like must-see TV because that was yeah. Great they're doing stuff. a great job because that trailer too that they just released so good. Like they're just like really, really running with whatever. I don't know if the narrative changed. You know, there was backlash, but whatever it is, they're really making it work, and I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Jimmy, how about yourself, by the way? Did you do anything fun for Valentine's Day? Take the misses out? Uh, we didn't go out tonight, uh, but we have something in play. A play, a play uh, boy, I can't even spit it out. A plan in place here for, to do something special. And, and it's just a little getaway. So uh, we're going to do a little of that to uh, celebrate a, mm -hmm. a little bit of a late Valentine's Day. Let's put it that way. How, long, how long have you guys been married now, Jimmy? Uh, in September, it'll be 25 years. That's incredible. Aww. And because congratulations. Of, because of the wedding, the, the the infamous scab referee angle evolved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look what you caused. That's what happens when you get... At least you made it work. Can, though, I, you know, like, can, I, can I tell it really quick here? You know, yeah, sure. yeah, how it happened? No, because uh, it, you know it, how hard it is to get time off, especially back then with the schedule we were running. Uh, we were getting married. We got married September 5th in 1999 
And, uh, you know, I talked to JR, can I get two weeks off? And he, of course, gave me two weeks off. He, he was really cool to work, you know, to ask these sort of things with. And when I got back, they had been running this angle. I hadn't been watching TV, uh, any wrestling, because I wanted to stay married when I got back. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I get back to the building and everybody's, hey, welcome back. How was it? And, you know, Hunter comes up and goes, hey, Corduroy, how is it? You know, that was his nickname for me. Corduroy, uh, how, does it feel? how does it feel to be out of a job when you get back? Ha, ha, ha. I said, Hunter, I can't afford to go on strike. I just got married. I need I need to work. I need the money. Ha, ha, ha. Come with me. And he took me right to the people. And that's how it basically evolved out of a just banter, joking around. I love that. Jimmy, I got a question for you about that. Uh, or maybe not that specifically, but you talk about not watching wrestling while you're on vacation or while you're away. How how what percentage of the people who work for WWE on screen watch everything WWE does at least during your time? Did they all uh, keep up on it whether they were on TV or not, or was it kind of like that's work? If I'm not working, and, I'm not watching. No, it depends on what they're doing. Again, I was on my honeymoon, so it was a different story. If you're just taking a little break, you know they're paying attention. And not only that, back in the days when the Monday Night Wars were on, you're paying attention double screen. You got mm -hmm. to like we when we were working our Monday night Raws, we had a screen in the back. We were watching, you know, keeping an eye. You know, I remember one time watching it. We were watching it in the trainer's room. Uh, Monday night Raw, not Monday night Raw, but uh, Nitro um, in, in the and Vince walks by and he says, turn that damn off. You know, and right. we went, uh oh, and we heard him laughing as he walked down the hall because we know everybody in the trucks watching it, too. Right, right. The crazy, crazy days of the Attitude Era. Mm -hmm. um, I want to make sure we get into some news here, and uh, we're gonna we got a few news items before we get into this episode of Dynamite. A Dynamite episode, by the way, just teaser. I loved this week's uh, episode of Dynamite. I'm sure we'll argue about that later on. You but love everything, Jack. I, I don't, I don't love everything unless it's Valentine's Day. Uh, mm -hmm. But I do, uh, I do want to talk about. There is a a name that's returning to AEW. Uh, Fightful's reporting that. Uh, it, QT Marshall is set to return. The report stating that Marshall will be returning to his former vice president role and isn't slated to wrestle within AEW at this time. However, Marshall has been given the all clear to take wrestling dates outside of AEW with the obvious stipulation he can't work for WWE. Uh, though Marshall and AEW are said to have reached an agreement several weeks ago, Marshall Marshall has yet to start with the company. Um, Issa, I feel like this is a. Uh, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of speculation about what happened here with him leaving and then coming back. But at the end of the day, I feel like QT Marshall's got a job. AEW's got someone who's been in the wrestling business for a long time. Sometimes companies and employees have disagreements. I feel like this is kind of a happy ending. Yeah, I'm very excited for QT Marshall. If you've been around or read the reports, everybody was speaking very highly of him, especially when he announced that he was leaving. There was a lot of positive feedback in regards to his role and, and what he did for a lot of people in AEW. So I think people are going to be happy to see him back. Maybe it was a misunderstanding, like you said. Maybe it was something they couldn't come to agreement with, and they finally did. We've seen it happen all the time in other companies, WWE included. So we'll see what he does. I think I think his presence backstage was uh, was very respected, and I think it will help AEW. So I'm ex I'm happy for him and yeah, for AEW. And, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and by the way, Tyler D, I just want to give you a quick shout out. Uh, I see you have a super chat in here. We're gonna get to it uh, when we talk about the Callis family later, because I feel like that sits right in there perfectly. So I'll, I will get to that. Don't feel like I missed you. 
Uh, but Jimmy, uh, I, I, as far as this goes, now this is pure speculation. I have no idea. This is just me outsider looking in. Uh, because there's the big deal about he can Mark, QT can work at other companies. I sort of get the feeling the disagreement was really about Marshall wanting to wrestle and be presented in a certain way wrestling. But the vice president stuff, that was always great. It feels like that's kind of, and if that is the case, this feels like a perfect, look, go do your stuff, be in the ring the way you want to be, and then help work with us backstage where we need you and everyone's happy. Yeah, it, it does feel like that because there, there's a lot. Of, I know talk, people talk about the different t times and the different schedules back in the day, how everybody was running 250, 300 days a year. And now the schedule is so light and the guys love the fact that they don't have. But you still need to get your reps in. And QT Marshall is, Marshall is an old school guy who loves to get his reps in and also wants to do his thing. That's what he mm -hmm. feels comfortable doing. And that I applaud him for that big time. And yes, I get, you know, obviously you're not going to go to your competition, your your main competition at least. But, uh, you know, he could work other places. Maybe he shows up in Tina. You know, I always said that the one thing that AEW is lacking is an on-air authority figure. Mm -hmm. is, is Maybe there's a spot there for him because I was thinking maybe a Scott Tamora who's recently left uh, TNA would be, fit in with that role. But I, I, I always feel like, okay, uh, you, you know, the guy's on commentary. I just heard from the back from Tony Khan. I just heard from the back from Tony Khan. He's, he's not on air except when we have big announcements, uh, you know, special announcements. Have an on-air authority figure. Maybe he could fit that role because he's a good talker too. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I think he's a good talker. I think he's good on TV. I, I didn't have any problems with him on TV. I thought he had a, a great role there personally. But I do agree. I think that uh, authority figures good for companies to have. Not a, you know, sometimes in WWE, they've gone over the top with it where they're half the show. <laughs> Not that. But sometimes yeah. someone needs to come out and be the, the person to say, this is why this is happening. This is right. why we're doing this as opposed to just, like you said, oh, sounds like we're doing this. Um, you know, as someone to maybe either take that heat or get that cheer or get that moment. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I think on air uh, authority figures can be very helpful. Um, someone who may not be leaving where they're going and someone who may stick around is Drew McIntyre. Um, his contract status has kind of been up in the air for like a year now. Uh, and things took a hopeful turn for those hoping McIntyre would resign with WWE. However, uh, when yesterday ad WWE advertised McIntyre for a European tour uh, later in the year at this time, however, apparently that's not the case. PWI PW insider elite reports that WWE is currently working under the idea that McIntyre will resign, but they haven't actually resigned yet. So uh, I stumbled through that a little bit, Issa, but basically it feels like McIntyre is going to stay because of the way, He's being used on TV and because of the advertisements. But PW Insider is saying that's not the case. WWE just assumes that will be the case. Well, I just hope that's the case. I think he's killing it right now. I think he's so entertaining. And the character development that he's done the last probably two, three months has just been chef kiss perfection. So I do hope that we get to see some Drew McIntyre around. Um, there are other huge stars that are contracts are coming up that have not been re-signed yet that I don't think are going anywhere. You know, like I believe Becky's contract is coming up set and nobody's talking about that. So I do think WWE will sit down. These stars are way too big to just let them go that easily, right? 
Yeah, Jimmy, I want to ask you a um, a question. I think people kind of battle about and, and argue mm -hmm. about um, when you have someone who's on a contract that's expiring and they're not signed. Some right. people say you take them off TV. Don't don't give them the advertising time. I think people. I think that's something we've talked about. Like Jade Cargill, at AEW probably should have put her on TV. Uh, or some people will say have them lose until they resign because you don't want them to look strong when they leave. In this case, it feels like WWE is almost kind of doing like an act of goodwill. Hey, look, we're taking care of you. It'll be fine. Don't stress about it. What do you think is the right thing to do if you're if you have a roster and you have a big star that isn't signing their contract? Do you risk it and and push them and promote them and make them look good on TV, or do you say, look, we got to take you, we got to take you off TV until this is figured out? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I, obviously, you want to renegotiate the best deal you can get, but you also have to look at the big picture. And obviously, with uh, with AEW in play now, where they are paying guys to come over, that is a legitimate option. But at the same time, you have to look at what they can offer you as far as television time, what they're going to do with you going in. I mean, we're starting to see, as we'll get into tonight uh, with Cope, uh, starting to get a little bit of what they paid for, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But uh, right now, like you said, he said, Drew is killing it. I, to the, I even messaged him the other day and said, brother, keep it up, man. You, this, this stuff is awesome. And I, WWE is smart enough to know that you can't invest that much in a talent without having at least some kind of inkling that he's going to resign. And you can say, yes, they're working on the assumption that he will, but you can't, you can give someone their props, but at the same time, when you're doing it to this level, my guess is he's going to resign, and maybe it's a verbal contract at this point, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and that, you know, uh, they don't want people to get, you know, ahead of themselves. Oh, look, he's resigned. So you know what I mean? Because everything tends to leak out nowadays. Try to keep everything under the lid. They've peeled back the curtain so much that at times the curtain doesn't exist. Yeah, um, I got the way the that blue... Drew is doing. I'm sorry to interrupt, Jack, but yeah. the way that Drew is almost in, like being a little too real right now with his promos and the things that he's saying. I wouldn't even mind if they add this into the into everything that's happening and we haven't walked out. You know what I mean? Like I'm done with this place and my contract is like I would actually kind of be here for it. I love it. And then show up at the right time. Yes. To to, to take someone out. And let's to take say someone it's out, like from the crowd. Like make it sound like he didn't even resign. You know, I signed a one-day contract yeah. to kick your butt. Like, oh my God, I would actually kind if, of be here can, for if that. If you can wait that long, can you do it with a returning CM Punk? I mean, like, oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, that's so the. Good. When Punk that's, comes that's, back, Jimmy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the best part is because they've talked about how Drew and Punk's careers have been parallel. Um, it would be interesting to hear uh, or to see that happen in a similar Summer of Punk kind of way where Punk left with the title at the time, you know, and uh, came back later. If Drew did something similar, maybe not leave with the title, but left and then came back. Um, mm -hmm. Could be some interesting stuff in there. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, last little bit of news before we get into AEW tonight. Uh, WWE announces plans for Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins at Elimination Chamber. Uh, Issa, we'll start with you here. On X earlier Wednesday afternoon, that's today as we're recording, uh, WWE announced that both Rhodes and Rollins would be guests on a special edition of the Grayson Waller Effect 
at Elimination Chamber. Uh, Issa, do you feel like I, that is the best way to use them for a big show like Elimination Chamber, or do you think they should have a match of some kind? Obviously, Seth Rollins limited to a degree. No, I'm not. But I'm not putting them on a match just because of. I want to protect Seth as much as we can so that he can be healthy for WrestleMania. So if you can find a way where he can talk and promote what he needs to promote without having to put him in a match, that's what I would do, right? However, um, I'm going to go and tell you that's not the right way to use Grayson Waller in Australia. You really couldn't find a match for him. Like, I get it. But the, this, this Grayson Waller effect segments have been him putting other people over since they call him onto the main roster. It's not what they used to be in NXT. The Grayson Waller effect was one of my favorite things in NXT with the Instagram live feed. Like, it was so wow. good. And now they just haven't come over and put wow. over other people's matches. And for there was a period of time wow. there where they were having him have a couple of good matches, but he lost to Edge here and there. But I just... There's a handful of people, and maybe it's because I'm still riding the wave of backlash, and you want to see those people that are from that country get to shine in front of this crowd, and I just don't know that a talking segment is what Grayson needs to be doing at Elimination Chamber. Uh, you know, I know that Rhea's going to get an amazing moment. I, I already got shows thinking of Rhea coming out, you know, at Elimination Chamber, but I think that there's another, another group of people that also deserve to have their moment. That's all. Yeah, Dylan Matthews, by the way, uh, from Australia, says, I hate this. Give mm -hmm. them all a match. Um, uh, but Beer Money argues, no match for them at Elimination Chamber. The crowd gets to see them. There will be a great segment, all for the best decision. Uh, Jimmy, I want your thoughts, because it seems like, of course, Bronson Reed didn't make it into the Elimination Chamber as well. Grayson Waller not having a match. is, um, of, of course, Rhea Ripley, I think, is going to be that moment, uh, moment of the night. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you feel like they're missing an opportunity here, not having more of their uh, local folks in matches at Elimination Chamber? Uh, yeah, uh, here's another one. Fence sitting again, yes and no, because the big moment is, it, this is all leading up to WrestleMania and the big moment and the big match. And you want to get the guys that are involved in this situation some kind of time on this pay-per-view. And what's like Issa said, you know, you want to protect Seth as best you can so he can be as close to 100% at least when he goes into WrestleMania. And with Cody, you know, he he did that, uh, was it the Chamber last year where he did, uh, or no, it was. Uh, uh, no, that was uh, Hell in a Cell. The Hell in a Cell with, with, the where he, you know, yeah. with the Torn Peck and stuff like that. Anything can happen on any night. And these guys are so good on the mic as we saw last Monday night they could turn this segment into a must-see, kind of mm -hmm. like they've been doing it with the press, uh, the kickoff show, with the trailer, with the promos they've been cutting on Monday nights and stuff like that and the interaction between them and plant more seeds and doubt in people's mind. Is Seth going to be sneaky and turn on Cody and align with his shield, former shield brother? You know, there's so many angles in play. There's so many... Like the road, but there's a lot of lanes that you can take, yeah. and that's the so beauty many. of it. I love, it, I love everything about what's happening yeah. right now. Yeah, it's it's been really, really good stuff over at WWE and, and how they're building to this WrestleMania. Uh, we're gonna have to see, but of course, this is an AEW after show. Rich. We're gonna talk about all elite wrestling. We're gonna talk about W or AEW Dynamite, uh, of course. As we do, as always, I'd love for you guys to hit the like button, share, comment, subscribe. A five-star review on Apple would be greatly appreciated and help us out at Wrestling Inc. But also, uh, I'm going to be responding to more and more of the YouTube comments as well. I, I thought I was, but there was some weird technical glitch where for some reason my comments weren't showing up to people apparently. So I figured it out. Now I can respond. So I will be responding to all of you. Had some great 
chats with like uh, Bobby Decibel recently in the chats over there. So always good to have those. And if you're in the chat or if you're not in the chat, if you're a lurker, I always like to shout you out. Thanks. <laughs> shout out to lurker. But also um, whether you're I am era error or Aaron Mick hanging out before the show and hopefully listening afterwards. Uh, thanks to you guys for being there. Corey pride, Dylan Matthews, of course, uh, Ricky Lego brick, uh, uh, moose knuckle, uh, mask, Marvel, uh, Daniel Barry sports highlights, killer of demons, Mike Rouse, Huffman elite, Gary Richards, the TLD, Chris Pilmer, uh, blue chew, Corey Johnson stocking you with the little puppy emoji. Always good to see Armando, uh, Raymond, Kevin, Nicholas, Manish, all the way from India. Always good to see you here. And Leonard Jones, as well uh appreciate all of you for being here now let's do some aew chat again this is an episode i really enjoyed i really dug it i thought they had a really great show tonight and we started it with john moxley versus dax harwood and these two are really some of the best when it comes to that hard-hitting old-school wrestling style and i as a wrestling fan as a graps fan my kind of matchup really enjoyed it. John Moxley gets the win and then post match attacks Harwood. Uh, Cash Wheeler comes out for the save, but Claudio helps Blackpool Combat Club get the win and stay on top, leaving FTR on the mat. Uh, Jimmy, this clearly is looking like it's building to, towards a Blackpool Combat Club versus FTR matchup. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you like the way this episode started? How did you like the matchup? And how do you like where it's going with the uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus FTR. I like starting it off hot. You bring John Moxley out through the crowd and gets that great reaction and you get the crowd into it early. And, uh, you know, you're thinking, why Dax Harwood? He's a tag team guy wrestling in a singles match, but they had a, a hell of a match. I thought so. It felt like a fight. Mm -hmm. you know, outside the kissing. <laughs> spot that they yeah. did it felt like oh, a that was the hardest but, hitting part <laughs> but at the same time it's like hey don't you dare kiss me especially on national television boom you know what i mean but it was a hard hitting and they told the hell of a story and both guys sold for each other very well i enjoyed that's you want you know the little things that i enjoy if i could get nitpicky for a minute there was the one time in the match and i don't blame Paul Turner for this because he's it's out of his control. They did fight on the outside in one spot for a lengthy amount of time. And I don't like this relaxed rules kind of situation. It is a 10. You can fudge the numbers a little bit, but you can't be out there for a minute and a half and, and not, you know, but other than that, and, and leading into that angle, going to your question as well at the end, it made, I loved it. I love the way that, you know, his partner came out to save him. Here comes Claudio. And when he left him laying, it was interesting. I thought Dax was hanging on that bottom rope so that you can actually see him and see that mm -hmm. the hurt on his face. That was cool. Instead of being flat on his back where, you know, you don't get, you understand he's out, but you don't see him out, if that makes sense. Yeah, it reminds me, I, I had a chance to talk to him a while a while ago, and he said one of my favorite things of all time uh, when it comes to pro wrestling is uh, he's talking about how he doesn't have a lot of signature moves because no one in the audience knows what a dropkick feels like. No one knows what a superplex feels like, but they all know what disappointment feels like. They all know what mm -hmm. suffering is and things like that, and so you show them that with your face. Um, and so that always stood out to me. Uh, Issa, I want your thoughts uh, on, on this one. Again, this was absolutely my style of wrestling. I really enjoyed this matchup. Uh, but I also, again, clearly we're going to get FTR versus uh, Blackpool Combat Club. In fact, Nicholas in the chat saying it's official for next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, yeah. Um, beyond that, 
I'm just curious. If you were the person who was booking AEW, what would you do with John Moxley? Where would you have him go next? I will have him kick Willer Yuta out of the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Would you have him have a feud where he they fight? No, about no, 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 no. We never see him again. Um, listen, <laughs> <laughs> listen. I, I. Okay, maybe it's because I just already feel like every time we see Dax in a match by himself, he loses. So like yeah. that's just history, and it repeats itself. I don't. Your money says win. only time Dax won was in a singles in a singles match. Yeah, and he never wins. So as soon as I see a one-on-one -on -one match for him, I'm already like, well, he's gonna lose, right? So. But uh, there was also a couple of spots here that were terrible. I mean, I know you guys like the match, but the slabs were ridiculously terrible. They were the weakest looking slabs that I've seen. And maybe it's because I just watched the rock slab the taste out of Cody Rose's mouth. Like, that's a slap. Whatever we were seeing here was weak. However, towards the end, towards the finish, I really did enjoy the psychology. I love what Jimmy pointed out about how we could see his face, how, how you could really see the emotions. Like, that I actually like. But the match itself, and maybe it's just a predictable factor here to me, just feel like, okay, they're going to put on a banger, but Dax is going to lose, which it's not a Dax thing, it's an FDR thing. And it's just like, I wish I wish, I wish, they would prove me wrong. I do, but they never do. Could, could it be, Isa, do you mind me asking a question here really quickly? Yeah. How could it be dare Isa, you ask a question? I, I know, <laughs> really. <laughs> do you think a little bit, like you talked about the slapping, because uh, you brought up the rock slapping Cody, it's the way Cody sold it, like it was a, like right. it was a huge slap. It 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 feels like now. I don't think Cody a had a choice. I think well, but at the same time, Cody is smart enough to know that you know if he makes it look like a big deal, it is a big deal. If you slap someone, they go, "Oh, screw you!" Slap you back, you know, get slapped. Sell it. There, oh, are there. you kidding me? And then look like you're firing back and let him sell instead of this. Oh, bang, 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 back and forth, and nobody's selling. There is a still photo. I want to frame it, Jimmy, of this slap, which the rock's arm and the back look like super powerful, and then you hit a connect with Cody. Like, you don't, you can hear the picture. You can sense the picture. Like, if you mm -hmm. take a still photo of whatever these two were doing, it would look like two 10-year-old girls fighting. You you see what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was, I just didn't like it. They do that with the chops, too. There's a lot of spots that just to me come off as silly like there's like, like i love eddie kingston but there's some spots in his matches that i'm like please i beg you to stop doing that because you look so not tough when you do that and i know like crapping on the entire match i told you towards the end i really started liking it but there was some spots in there in the beginning that i'm like are we just like did they just tell them you gotta go for 25 minutes and now they're just gonna slap each other for 10 just to make up for time that's what it felt like to me but yeah, I wish that Dax won more when he comes out solo. Otherwise, I'm just going to think, hey, I'm here for a good match, but I know what the result is going to be. And that's exactly what happened. In some cases, and, and I'm going to contradict myself later, so just <laughs> hold your horses for that one. But in some cases, I think it's okay to know how it's going to go as long as we get something that's fun, entertaining. In this case, I agree with you. I didn't think Dax was going to win this match. And so that was kind of a bummer, but I think an opening match and I think a good one like this makes it okay. It got the uh, crowd going. The crowd the, loved yeah. that you had two of the crowd's favorites out there. Like Jimmy said, just having Moxley come out straight out to open the show is always going to get the energy yeah. going. So, no, I see what you're saying. Predictable is not always a bad thing, but when it just happens every single time with the same with the same talent with the same performer it does become a little bit about hmm, maybe we should do something different or not having wrestle solo matches i don't know but it set up what they needed to which is the bigger angle for later on. right 
Uh, well, that speaking of that, Jimmy, uh, the last thing I want to kind of talk about this, I want to throw this to you. I love tag team wrestling. I'm a big fan of it. I've always just enjoyed it. Uh, I really like FTR. They're one of my all-time favorite tag teams. Um, if I'm not counting childhood fandom, where you can't compare to when you were a child watching wrestling. Right. But uh, um, Dax Harwood, though, I want to see this guy on a solo run. I want to see him go after a maybe not the AEW title. I want to see him going after the international title. Will he lose us all the time? Uh, I want to see him get start getting some wins. I want to see him start making a run. Would you be on board for a Dax Harwood solo act? I wouldn't mind it if it's done in the right way. Tell if you ask me what the right way is. Uh, I I don't know at this time. Does he do a split? Is it is it kind of like a okay, Dax, go do your thing from from cash, or in, or do they get into a confrontation to separate them from each other, and then they have a little feud and let him start his singles career that way, or does he just, you know, hey, it's time for me to branch off and do my thing and, and prove to myself that I can do it. I you say, know? very uh, in my mind when I say it, I imagine it very New Day esque, where like, hey, sometimes we do single stuff, sometimes we don't, sometimes <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, that, that's kind of how I see it, but uh, I just, I feel like he cuts great promos. He's great in the ring. He's believable. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just want to see him. I want, I want to see him have some singles matches with, and I agree. I want to see him get some wins as well, uh, along the way. Uh, right. but that's, that's just right. me asking for asking for stuff. I don't, so, I don't want him to get uh, Chad Gable. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. Well, that's ex exactly. But, uh, much like Chad Gable, I think Chad Gable going, I'm going to do some single stuff for a little bit. And then I'm gonna go back to being a tag team or whatever the case is. Uh, I'm just a big, I'm just a big Dax Harwood fan. I like Cash Wheeler too, and I like I said I like the team, but just I guess because Cash I never really see do singles matches, so I don't think of it right like him being singles. Um, two guys that are singles wrestlers and having trouble finding opponents apparently are uh, Kanosuke Takeshita and Will Osprey. <laughs> Don Callis comes out uh, and says he wants to have a match at Revolution, but they can't find opponents, so. They're going to look within, and we're going to get uh, Osprey versus Takeshita. I felt devastated for Hobbs because he was like, it's going to be Kanosuke Takeshita versus Will Osprey. It was so good, though. <laughs> and I was like, oh, poor Hobbs. Uh, Issa, I want to ask you here. I'm going to send you Tyler B's question. It says, Where's Hobbs? Miro. WWE could build Hobbs. Miro's a killer. Instead, we get CMLL nonsense. JW on Rampage this week. I'm done after the pay-per-view. I love C Cage. Um, I feel like a lot of people love Hobbs. Uh, Miro hasn't been on TV for a while. I don't know what's, what's going on with Miro. Um, speaking of Hobbs, though, he didn't get the pick here. Why didn't he get the pick, Issa? Because he don't want to lose to Osprey. If Osprey's debut match, you really think you want that? I wouldn't take it. Not for a million bucks, though. Let, uh, let, let the kids that take it and he can lose. That's 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 how I saw it. Yeah, I that's actually a really good point because you're right. Will Osprey's not gonna debut. Well, I mean he's been in AEW, but this is kind of like his debut. Uh he's not gonna lose on his debut. <laughs> so um, but this is clearly Issa gonna be, I think, what the AEW AEW's really good about putting on. Uh, these five-star match. There's a few of them that you're like, look, there's not a lot of story here, but this is going to be your five-star match tonight. Feels like to catch the Will Ospreay. Like five of them at least, so it's going to be one of them. Do you think this is going to be a a good one? I mean, I know we're we're lacking some story here, but do you think? Are you excited to see this? 
I'm a big Will Ospreay fan. I hope that he comes in and just like like they book him to bring that star factor that they desperately need right now without MJF, without Omega. You feel it. You're watching this show and you feel it. You don't have that. Samoa Joe is doing it. I think the World Championship, you know, we'll get into that later, does feel like a big deal. But you don't have enough star factor right now. And I think that Osprey could bring that if book and have the correct creative behind him and you have the opportunity to start him fresh. I know you said he's been here before, but he wasn't part of the AW roster. This is different. So I do think that that Osprey could be that guy for them. So I'm super excited for it. And I think I think he should come in and kill it. I think they'll put on an incredible match. And I do think um to showcase him better. I, I thought Osprey can dance with anybody, but I think that to show showcase him better, they make the right choice in the opponents. Uh, yeah, Jimmy. So again, I think this is going to be a five-star awesome matchup. I think both guys are going to look incredible after it. But I, I think what the issue is, in my opinion, anyways, is it's it's l- missing a little bit of the, that that heat. I, I don't. There's not really a story. There's not really a. This is why I want this person to win or that person to win. What's something they could do? Do you think that they could do to kind of heat this up a little bit? So it's not just two great wrestlers, but it's actually like. Ooh, I gotta see Will Ospreay get the win here, or ooh, I want to see Takeshita stop Ospreay. You know, like what what mm-hmm. can they do in this situation? Do you think it's got to be Don Callis? Don Callis has got to be the guy who ignites, who who sets the uh, fuse off and ignites the the you know, throws the grenade in the room. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. He's the one who has to set the table right now and make it feel like there's a reason behind this, other than hey, we just want a great five star match. He did a good job of building up Takeshi tonight, calling him, you know, you know, getting that big win against Jericho and the best in the world and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But at the same time, that's how people feel about Will Ospreay. They think he's one of the best out there right now. And Don Callis is such a good talker. He can do it. He can yeah. make, he could kind of uh, off the cuff slight Osprey a little bit and kind of make Will Ospreay go, hey, wait a minute. What'd you say about me? wait a second here. You know, it just, it could be, it doesn't have to be a big jab. It's just something subtle yeah. that he picks up on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don Callis is going to have to be really good. Cause I believe, and this is me just speculating again, I could be totally wrong. I got a feeling we're not going to get to see a lot of Will Ospreay building up to this. Um, Cause I think that that will, I think revolution will be like his, his start date basically. Yeah. Um, so again, I could be totally wrong, but I feel like it's basically going to be Callis and Takeshita having to build this on their own. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe have Callis on a, on a cell phone thing, very Paul Heyman-like, being like, yeah, Osprey, you're the best. You're the very best. And Takeshita hears it and is a bit like, wait a minute. And then it becomes sort of a matter of pride in that way or something. Oh, wait, no, the cell phone thing is perfect way to set it up because he's got him on the cell phone, thinks he hangs up turns to Takeshita and says something along the lines of, don't worry, you got him. He thinks he's a big deal or something like this. And, you know, you hear a voice on the other end going, you didn't hang up your phone or something like oh that. Oh, my God, that would, be so, that would actually be so good. <laughs> well, it's Osprey. So be like, oi, you didn't hang up your phone, bro. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're live, pal. <laughs> Every time he talks, I'm always like, oh, he's, he catches me off guard. And I don't expect that voice uh to come from him it's so it's great though hey bro uh i can't <laughs> wait for him to be regular on on i just AD. really hope they uh they make him the star that i know he can be yeah he could be we're, we're gonna talk about the top of the aew card uh in a little bit 
but I think they've got the potential to really spice it up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, I want to talk about Wardlow versus Barrett Brown. Um, do you? I do you? absolutely do because look, oh, and, and Jimmy, I'll, I'll throw this to you. Dominant win by Wardlow. He's getting his poses in. Quick win looks looks destructive. Is this not how we've wanted to see Wardlow presented? Yeah, but against uh, now, I even have to look up the name Barrett Brown. Yeah, and people don't give a flying fernum who about you know Barrett Brown. That's the problem here. I love the stuff with him posing and looking at himself on the Tron and all that sort of stuff. And I did notice that he had a brace on his uh, on his knee this week. It looked like he tweaked it last week, and, mm-hmm. and and maybe he didn't. That's why the brace this week. But other than that, it's got to be he needs a win like that against somebody that people recognize a name. Somebody that matters. That's on top yeah. of the rankings. Yes. Yeah, and 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 unfortunately, somebody's got to you know bite bite the bullets and take that for him and do the do that job for him as opposed to a Barrett Brown. Okay. I get it. He dominant, you know, he, he basically squashed the living, you know, what mm-hmm. out of him, but you know, it's gotta be someone uh, of value. And, and that's no, I'm not the slight Barrett Brown as I'm not saying that he's, has no value. I'm just saying the people are not with him at all. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, this is for like, not, a, I think he's been on TV before, but he's clear. He's not like a, uh, one of their reoccurring characters, uh, the Issa, right. If they're going to start doing this regularly, they can't be feeding Wardlow uh, top names every week without it feeling like he's, as people go on Twitter and go, they're squashing him or they're ruining him. Like, isn't it okay that we get a couple of these where we're like, yeah, it's it's quick. It didn't take a whole lot of time. So even for the show, nobody watches and having big people that we care about on Dynamite. But don't, you don't, but you can't you say have Adam Cole say he's going after the main title and then you, you see. An incredible segment for the world championship in Warlow is nowhere to be found there. Like it mm-hmm. just becomes um in, it just it's just not credible. But is it that because let's say he's winning on Rampage, would we not then just come on and say, Yeah, but no one watches Rampage? No, I say that the, the wins against people we don't know. Having beat people that at least we know that at least we kind of care about or we're invested into and not these people that we're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And you would want to see him squash the people that we know. Yeah. So. Or or have a little bit more competitive. Well, I mean, maybe not. I think, not we, can, like, I think we can balance it. I think we can balance it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like the squash win here and there. But I don't know this person. So do I care? No. As, as soon as you see them, you're like, yeah, Wardlow's going to squash him. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There, there's levels, too. You know, you, you have the guys up top. You have the guys on, on the bottom. And you got mm-hmm. those in the middle. And you can play with the guys in the middle and have yeah. Wardlow you know, at least get credible wins against them. Yeah, you know, he could totally squash Wheeler Yuta. That would be great. So yeah. you're saying, yeah, just like, yeah, so squash Barrett Brown in five seconds on Rampage, but then maybe have a 70-30 matchup that goes a couple minutes on Dynamite against, I don't know, Action Andretti, who we, we see Yuta. a little bit more of. Wheeler Yuta, yeah. Um, and then maybe every now and again you get like the the closer to 50 50 right. that is a real a match against uh yeah it also felt weird you know because it with even with adam cole on commentary it almost felt like okay what do i say there's nothing for me to say you know what i mean it just felt odd you know and, and again it, it almost felt like well we just want to get him on tv yeah yeah well I, I, <laughs> to, to be fair that's kind of that's good as we talked about miro earlier 
Um, I think being on TV can be a good thing, but I get what you guys squash matches are never the most exciting thing. Uh, but I do just like seeing Wardlow doing well. Uh, there's, there's there's a place for the squash match, but you can't do it every week like you used to back in the days of uh, superstars on Saturday, right? And, you know, yeah, and, and wrestling uh, challenge on Sunday. You know, I have some thoughts on Wardlow and you undisputed kingdom, and I'm going to save that for another segment uh, okay. as we get a little bit further on. That's called a tease, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Uh, but for now, I want to talk about Adam Copeland versus Daniel Garcia with a shot at the TNT title on the line. Uh, both these guys have been pretty active on collision and this one's for a shot at the title. Uh, just before Adam Copeland is able to secure the win, the patriarchy attacks both men. Uh, of course, daddy magic tries to help them, but he gets beat up as well. Eventually Copeland clears the ring before Nick's mom clears Adam's testicles. I should have updated that. <laughs> that note. Uh, and then he gets hit with a concerto. Uh, after the break, we're told, uh, he's, after being seen by medical professional Copeland was able to walk to the back on his own. Um, <laughs> um, so this one, uh, Issa, I really, really, really loved this matchup for a number of reasons. Uh, but the biggest one, there's a story, there's stakes. And from the bigger picture, you got a legend in Adam Copeland working with a guy who, at least I believe, can be a future star of this brand. Um, and so you're sort of elevating him at the same time. I feel like this was the match of the night, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to – yeah, no, it wasn't. But um, I'm going to nitpick oh. <laughs> for a second okay. because I mentioned this a lot. I didn't watch last week, and I don't watch the list and the There was a lot of feeling very lost tonight, and I'm very, very – poor job of explaining why some things were happening. Mm -hmm. That being said, I guess my liking of this angle will depend on how this ends up, and I'll explain myself. Nobody won. If this ends up being a triple threat for the TNT title, you just ran the same angle you did with the main title. Yeah. You're doing this. That's fair. So it's going to depend on how that ends up, right? Um, I, I like the match. I did like the match, but I just because there was no winner because I, I need to know where it ends because if it ends on a triple threat then i'm gonna feel like oh you just did the same thing and just put a different color on it you know i copy my homework just change some words so i i guess that's where i stand with this um and because there wasn't like a video package or nothing explaining it was very hard to just feel involved like if you haven't watched for the last two weeks you are going to feel like uh why are these two guys fighting for number one contendership don't we have rankings now like you know what i mean so mm -hmm. i and, and i and i ww does such a good job i just like giving you recaps of things that happened even five minutes ago this happened on smackdown this happened here i feel like there's sometimes they do it and they do it well but i will tell you i felt a little bit lost tonight tonight and maybe once I get more into the angles, I can give you a little bit more, but that's where I stand with this. I need to see where it goes in order for me to tell you how much I like this angle. You know, the match itself, solid. Mm -hmm. I, I will say I agree that, and this is something we've talked about, that I feel like AEW could really benefit from video packages to highlight some things, especially mm -hmm. from different shows. Or I also think sometimes commentary could do a better job of explaining the situation and the story more often. I know WWE sometimes gets uh, mocked for doing a bit too much, but I feel like, especially with story driven things, you can't overdo it. You, reminding people what's going on, I think is always a good idea. Um, Carl in the chat says, uh, Garcia scoring points each time that he's going out there. Adam led the match nicely. Yes. Um, I, 
I, I, I and, and Jimmy, I want to, I want to get your thoughts on this one. How did you like, how, how are you feeling about this story? How are you feeling about how they're delivering everything? And uh, how do you, how did you like the pairing of this, of, to my point earlier, Adam Copeland and Daniel Garcia, as far as a guy who, I think Garcia could be so. I'd love your thoughts on Garcia as well. And obviously how Adam Copeland maybe isn't the biggest star in the company, but is actually kind of helping out in a lot of ways. No, he is absolutely. And uh, uh, the way the match uh, came about, uh, I agree with Issa on that one where, you, you know, not everybody is clued in to the Friday night show and the Saturday night show. So it's tough to, to get invested that way, but the, having this cope open, uh, cope open, you know, Look, I twist tongue tied over there, but uh, the the match itself I thought was really good, and and Carl Leduc, uh, you know, the from the infamous Canadian Leduc family. Thank you for, you know, uh, joining mm -hmm. us as, again tonight. He, um, he he mentioned it really well. Co Co Adam Copeland led the match very well and helped elevate Daniel Garcia, and that was the purpose of this match. In one part. Obviously, the angle at the end was number two as well in what you wanted to do in this match. But as far as the match goes, the match was absolutely solid. They told a good story, had good psychology, in my opinion. Adam, like you, like we said already, he elevated. You know, you can get over without going over. Nobody went over in this match, and I'm okay with that. Because, but I don't think it's going to turn into a three-way Isa only because the focus, right. the focus at the end was was Christian and his cohorts doing the damage to his former partner best friend you no know, grand, uh, grand yeah, uh, godfather but... to his daughter and that's what it feels like to me that it's going to be them down the line and i think they built to it the only the only and one thing i like too is after the concerto they went to break as opposed to yeah. their usual trying to get 20 pounds in, in a 10 pound bag kind of thing they went to break it almost makes me feel like this should have ended the show and just gone off the air like that that would have been crazy, actually. You know, you know, and just have people going, "What did I just see?" You know. But don't you think they add Daniel Garcia in there to take the pin so everybody's protected, especially if you want a new champion here? No, well, this is why if we're doing if we're doing the fantasy booking, this is my belief is I think that concerto is something that in wrestling historically is one of the most devastating things that can happen to somebody. I mean, usually when that happens, they're off TV for a while. Yeah, but he wants it think off. I think we're going to, well, we didn't see it though. I think we're going to get Garcia versus Christian Cage first, and then we'll get to oh. Adam Copeland versus Edge. I think that this is a, a stop, uh, a stop on the road to what we, where we know it's going. We're going, we're going but to get this Adam is what I mean about, I, I actually, I guess they did their job because I'm tuning in and I want to see where it goes to be able mm -hmm. to tell you how I feel, because now that we're talking about all these scenarios, you know, Jimmy's telling me he's going to be, I think it's a three-way. Jimmy thinks it's going to be Cope and Christian. Now you're saying Daniel, like they could go in so many different directions. So at mm -hmm. least they did a good job at leaving the book open and making you wonder, where are we going from here? And the other thing yeah. too is, is when Chris, Christian <laughs> and Adam do have their first match against each other, it, it doesn't have to be the only match. Right. You know, it, it could end in, in several different ways where they continue their rivalry. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of stuff in play here and, and it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. It's uh, now you did, Jimmy, you, you, you read my notes again. I was going to say it later. <laughs> I thought this should have been the end of the show too. We'll talk about that later, but my, I thought we should have ended on this one as well. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a great moment of the night. Now, 
this next part might actually oh. be the up there too. Samoa Joe, Swerve Strickland, and Hangman Adam Page. Uh, Joe says he's the reason they reenacted the ranking system, and now he's upset because he has a three-way match. Swerve comes out and says that Joe's making this personal, and Swerve is going to be one of the best of all time. Page says that he should get the one-on-one one -on -one match, and Swerve uh, has already taken enough of his time, and that's why he didn't get the extra five minutes uh jimmy this was absolutely a stellar performance i think by all three guys i thought they gave storyline reasoning for a lot of the stuff that's been going on they sold me on this match and if this is the top of the card for aew's men's division i think it is incredibly healthy right now what what say you it is because they were all spitting fire tonight, especially Joe. I'm I'm really enjoying Joe as champion right now. He's killing it on the microphone when he's on the commentary desk, whatever his role is it's in his suit, which is, you know, something I'm not used to seeing in the past. Like we've been seeing it on AEW as champion. He's been wearing the suit. It, it just suits that character so well. And you talked about, you know, everybody sounding authentic and sounding genuine as opposed to coming out and cutting a wrestling promo. And that's mm -hmm. what seems to be working in 2024. We were seeing it on the other side in the other com company uh, as well. It's working here as well. And the line, you know, everybody had their lines, but Joe saying, you know, you both will be get walking in at revolution, but you're both going to be limping out, you yes. know, and, you know, and then drops the mic and leaves, leaves the ring. The only thing I didn't like is when he left the ring and he turned back to look at him, they kind of ignored him and faced off uh, page and, and hangman in the ring. I wish they would have kind of looked at him and gave him that look like, okay, so Joe's given him the, the business with the title in the air and then they can get into their face off, so to speak. That was the only small little thing. But other than that, it was absolute fire. They, um, I, I thought that, uh, what I loved about how Joe handled this too, even though he's supposed to, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who's the bad guy here. I don't know who the good guy is here, but for I love some, that I'm too, really though. into it. Uh, but yeah, Issa, talk to me about that. Cause yeah, I don't know. It doesn't feel like they're trying to make us pick a side. They're letting us pick a side. Because all three of these guys are so good and we root for all three of them. And Samoa Joe just have this believability to him. He just comes out and you're scared automatically. Like this guy's going to kick somebody's butt. And yeah, he's the kind of guy that can take losses and they don't hurt him. But to see him finally be on top and everything that he can do, it's amazing. My favorite thing about this promo is that they cut a promo. You ended up rooting for everybody. You thought everybody spit fire, and all they did was just put themselves over. No cheap shots, no stupid jokes, no, you're like, look this way or this way. No, they just talk about their, their, their resumes, what they can do, and how much this means to them, and it freaking worked. It was, it was perfection. I'm here. I cannot wait to see the match, and I'm super excited for it. And Again, this is the most interesting that Hangman Adam Page has been. We believe Samoa Joe Swerve has been on the up on the uprise, but Hangman went through a period of time after losing that title that he was just there. And like it's just amazing to see him being back in the main event scene because he reminds you of why he was that guy a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's I the my one gripe about this thing is that I don't want any of them to lose. You right. Know? Like, but that's I, that's like, that's when you have a good match. That's a good match right yeah. there. 100%. I want them both. I want, or I want all three of them to win. Cause I'm like, I want oh, to do the mean girl things. Like, you know, when they break the crown and like start throwing it at everybody, yeah. <laughs> like break the title. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I'm, yeah. I'm so excited for this match. I, 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 I love that we are so invested. And I love that they're also aggressively wanting to win too. Like, like Joe is like, no, you're not going to get away by pinning him and taking my title. You're not going to get, you know, you're, I'm going to beat you. And yes. like they, they all like, they don't want to just get the title. They all want to win and they all want to beat the other. They all have a chip on their shoulder yeah. and they have right. something and, to prove. And that's what makes it so interesting. And they're all credible enough for you to sit there and say any of them could win the championship or retain and, and people will be okay with it. Yeah, this Agreed. is just, and so that's why, as I mentioned earlier, the the top of the the card being healthy, uh, it makes me think. Depending on how, again, we have to see how it plays out. But I mean, you add a Will Osprey to that mix, MJF. and how that, you know, an MJF, MJF when he comes back, like, and then you add, you know, possibly like an Okada if he is signed, and how that factors in. Like they've got, and we're building up Warlow, and eventually Adam Cole has to get healthy again. He will definitely be in that main event scene. Like mm -hmm. it's picking up for AW. People are not talking about it enough. Like I, I get that people are, you know, think AEW is like on a slow pace right now because WWE is on their playoff season. Of course, everybody's talking WWE, but AEW is doing some interesting things. They're not yeah. doing everything perfect, but there are some things that are getting right. I think it's, uh, uh, you talk about change of direction. I don't want to say they've changed their direction, but, you know, we've always said that they've got guys that can go in the ring, give us a reason to want to see them. Mm -hmm. And now they're giving us reasons. A story. It's a, it's all about the storyline here. Mm -hmm. All these guys individually have their own story. They're all up and coming, and to see them clash together is great. Yeah, it's. I it's think they're really... starting. To, uh, sorry, sorry, Jack. Yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. that they're starting to get that aspect of it. Yeah. Whereas before, like you talked about five star matches, that's what it was about before. Let's go out there and put right. on a five star match, and everybody's going to buy in. And yes, you're going to get the hardcore diehard fans are going to love every minute of it. But you, if you want to grow your audience, you've got to tell stories that get that, uh, you know, fence sitter invested and want to tune in and watch. And that's what they're 1, starting to do right now. Preach. Yep. And just to add real quick, uh, Brian Danielson and Moxley are two guys you can always plug back in that top scene too. So that's, yeah. they, yeah. um, but uh, we had a segment uh, for the top of the women's division, timeless Tony storm and Deanna Perazzo. Uh Tony storm calls Deanna a young girl and says she helped her make it and calls Deanna ungrateful a bit more colorful than just saying ungrateful, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> said, uh, said she was ungrateful ends with, uh, what do you do when you can't change the past? You kill it. Uh, yeah. Perazzo responds by saying, Tony talks too much, and then she's going to break her arm. Uh, Issa, I want your thoughts on this entire segment and how they've been building to this match between Deanna Perazzo and, and Tony Storm. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm not like as with it as I am with the Samoa Joe swerving hangman story, but I'm not mad at it. I've been a big fan of everything that Tony Storm is doing. Diana Perazzo's debut felt like a big deal. They have this backstory, which is incredible because that, if you just debuted someone a couple of weeks ago, that's a great way to elevate them into this title scene, just using that backstory. And we were just talking about how much more having story adds to the match itself mm -hmm. i am looking forward to the match um I, I wish there was a little bit of more interaction but that's not what tony storm's character is about so i'm okay with it you know um wish i wish that tbs title was also like included because the rumors are that we're going to have a big signing with the women's division so maybe we're going to start turning things around with the women's division i want everybody to matter as much as this matter because outside of anything that tony storm is doing I don't feel like anything else matters, and we'll get into that with the women's mm -hmm. match later. 
So I need everybody else to be elevated because one player is not going to be able to carry the load of elevating the entire division. I do think that if the rumors, which is basically almost confirmed that Mercedes is coming, I do think she's a game changer. I know that word gets thrown around a lot. But there's only so much that she can do if you're not building stories and contenders for her to go against when she finally shows up. Yeah, it's, she absolutely is a game changer. I think she mm -hmm. is a, uh, I always say there's a few people, and I said this on Monday, uh, I think CM Punk is one of those people that like just rabid fans, Mercedes is one of those people. As I challenge the world, if you don't think Mercedes it, it has a passionate fan base, just tweet something about her. Oh, <laughs> yeah, good luck to you. Give it a, give we it a wish try. You, we wish you well in your future endeavors. There's a handful of people that have yeah. that army of a fan base. And I always say mm -hmm. it. It's Cody Rose, Mercedes, and CM Punk. Like, those yep. people will go to battle for their favorites. And, mm -hmm. and you love to see it. Look at this. Like, Listen, you guys know I'm Team Tribal Shift to the end. But I don't have a problem yeah. with whatever's going on because Roman Reigns is main eventing no matter who he go against. Right? So I'm just sitting right. back right. watching the show. But to see the, 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 the movement that a fan base, a passionate fan base can make is fun. You know what I mean? It's fun. And I think she's going to, she's incredible in her fan base. It's, people are not ready. For, like, I think she's going to change some things. But in AEW, with the women's thing, like we just saw two great angles with Samoa Joe and then Christian Cage. In AEW, it's always felt like one of the titles is what we're going to push right now and the other one can just sit back onto mm -hmm. the next pay-per-view, right? Like it's either... We have a good story for the TBS championship when Jade had the streak and all that, or we're going to push the main one. Like we're never seeing both of these titles being elevated and being in like equal level storylines per se. Mm -hmm. So I, I like Tony. I, I like Dion. I think they're going to kill it, but we need to start really making the division matter. So when this person shows up, everything just like mm -hmm. explodes and they can, they can really make a stand. Yeah, Jimmy, we'll we'll talk about the other women's match uh, tonight, it, but because I think there's a lot of points that I want to touch on from what Issa just mentioned. Uh, as far as timeless Tony Storm and Deanna Perrazzo go, uh, I feel like we've talked before about them and we we love them. My nitpick and my devil's advocate thing, I, I love this and I love that they're building this. This feels like personally one of the best stories that has been told around the women's championship in a long time. I feel like the way this was set up, though didn't do Deanna a lot of favors in the sense that timeless Tony storm has this well-produced really entertaining video package uh, where she says her thing. And then Deanna doesn't really has to just respond. And it, it didn't make her seem as entertaining the way this was presented where I think, you know, we talk, we mention sometimes the format of the show. I think if you just did these separate, like if you had Tony storm, say something match, match Deanna respond, It'd right. be different, but because Tony Storm thing was so entertaining and different, someone just standing with a microphone saying, "Yeah, I'm going to beat you at the match," felt a little bit like, "Oh, okay." And I know Dion is great. I was just, you know, does that make sense? Like, but there's no the presentation. Sense. The way you said it, like, no. oh, okay. The, the way you the way you explained it right there makes absolute sense. You know, and that's one of the things we've seen from other companies do. You give it time to breathe because that is such a good segment with Tony Storm in the black and white and the way she, her character is shown on television is so good. It's hard to follow. You know, when they say follow that, you don't yeah. want someone to follow that and just be simple nuts and bolts. Yeah, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to break your arm. Right. Then you go, but that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how it felt. If it was, that's it. That's all you got. Yeah. Or if it was roles reversed, if it was Deanna first, and then we saw the Tony Storm thing, then I wouldn't be comparing them. But I was just, right. 
I just got done watching this. I think this is fantastic. This is great. She's using weird words. This is fun. And then uh, I'm going to break your arm. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's cool. It'll be a great match. I just, no, it will be. It's a nuts and nuts and bolts thing. Um, we got Young Bucks versus Top Flight, oh, and uh, they're still in the bloody suits, getting off their private jet, getting into their private limo, bringing back the Fred Durst goatee, which is the most heelish thing they've ever done. Uh, they're pointing fingers. They're yelling at the announce team. Eventually, uh, they kick <laughs> they kick one of them in the yam bags, as Taz would say, and the Young Bucks get the win. Uh, we get a post-match promo with Tony Schiavone and Darby Allen. Um, I want your thoughts, Jimmy, this entire thing. There's a lot that happened here, but my main thing I want to talk to you about um, as you go through all this is the Young Bucks. They have different music. It's not the fun music. Mm -hmm. Wrestled in suits, didn't fly around. Is this the change you wanted to see from the Young Bucks when they did this character adjustment? Yes, it is. I wanted to see a different Young Bucks. I didn't want to see the high-flying uh, guys that they've been known to be they're now EVPs, or at least letting everyone know that they've been EVPs. Uh, and, and, of course, we're going to talk about Darby in a minute, but who let everybody know uh, mm -hmm. that they were from the beginning. But, uh, you know, I, I've said it before. When they get into the ring, finally, after, you know, changing characters and doing this, this turn into the we are the EVPs and bringing a little realism to it and finding everybody. And that sort of mm -hmm. thing. I kind of like that. And I like the fact that they have toned down their in-ring stuff. One thing that kind of, again, I, Captain Nitpicky, the Canadian heat magnet, as I like to call myself, <laughs> uh, you know, during the match, you, you, yes, they're going to cheat to win. But in, what does Taz call it again? The yam? The, the yam bags. The yam bag. That was the third one of the night. Yeah. You know, We've seen two already, one in the first match, and again with uh, the, getting the heat on uh, Copeland from, uh, from uh, Nick, Mother Nick, Wayne. Nick Wayne's mom. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, you know, try to be a little more creative. Let's put it that way. And how you're going to get your heat. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? It's just, or, or how you're going to cheat the win. That's all. Right. You know, it, it, everybody get together and say, hey, is anybody doing a nut shot tonight? Oh, you guys are? Okay, we'll do something else. Um, yeah, I want to make Mike Martin in the chat here says having that match does nothing for top flight or the young bucks. I want to disagree. And Isa, you can disagree with me if you want. I feel like this is actually a perfect matchup because top flight is a high flying, fast paced team. Young bucks used to be, this is our first time seeing them as not a high flying team. And I think being in there with a high flying team kind of helps showcase that they're not doing the high flying stuff. So I thought, from that perspective, it was actually very smart to have it. Now, Top Flight, it wasn't their night. But I think for the Young Bucks, this did help them tell the story. Um, how did you feel about the matchup? And, uh, of course, if you want to, you can get into the post-match promo because I'm going to ask about that afterwards. Um, I love what you said because you are absolutely right. They put them with the right team to showcase that they have changed their in-ring stuff. And one of the main criticisms that the Young Bucks were getting for the longest time is that it's always the same. It's a spot show, and they do all these crazy high kicks, and then they win. So it was, like, very refreshing to see them do something different. So I did enjoy this. However, oh, I also love the uh, private jet arrival with the Wi-Fi mm -hmm. logo. You love a private jet <laughs> with Wi-Fi. But until Darby comes out. Private and, and jets with landlines just are terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible people. <laughs> 
until Darby comes out. And I know I am like repeating myself here, but just think about it from the brain of somebody that didn't watch last week. You just have the young bucks with a dirty suit out there and you never understand why they're wrestling in a bloody suit that looks like they've been wearing it for a week. Until Darby shows up and says, you're not going to get away with what you did last week to Sting. No video mm -hmm. package. No, nothing. Maybe commentary mentioned them, but that commentary is so convoluted that you can miss it in a second. So, also, that wasn't a suit. They were wearing white jeans. That's not a real suit. That's right. that's all. That's I, all I have to say. Strong agree. Yes. Yeah. Suit, suit, suit pants are very so, different yeah. than jeans. I'm, you don't, get, big, to, you don't yeah. get to call that the same thing. No, that's no, not no, a no, suit. no, no, no. But, <laughs> however, do you understand how ridiculous it looks from a perspective of somebody flipping the channels or somebody saying, maybe I'll check out AW again today? Why is this happening? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but overall, I love seeing, I, I love the EVPs, the Nicholas and Matthew. Like, I actually really like it. It feels different. It doesn't feel like the young books that we've seen for four years. So I'm excited to see what they do. That's just my nitpick of them not following up, not understanding that people might not watch and not be up to date with what they're watching today. Yeah, I, well, I, again, as I said before, I agree. I feel like you can't over reiterate enough. I, I think the video packages would be very helpful especially, especially just to remind especially us especially if they blooded up sting as we're leading to his final match all right don't give me a video package on the daniel garcia stuff i get it we only have two hours but revolution has been built around sting for months so mm -hmm. you can't take 30 seconds to show me what they did to sting last week before we see them in still in the same clothes it's not that complicated like I, this is what we are waiting for is sting's mm -hmm. last match <laughs> Right. No, you're well, absolutely it, right. He's sorry. And, and, and again, about the wrestling in the, in the suits with the, with still with the blood stains on it. I know, I think it was Taz who briefly mentioned, Oh, this is how they wrestled on, on, I think it was rampage last week or wherever they were that again, they had to mention it, but it's, it felt like a, a, just a throw, just, Oh, by the way, to yeah. try and, but th that's not enough. Like you said, Jack, a nice little vignette showing a little thing and then showing a little bit of that match that, you know, just a clip of that match, this them wrestling in those suits on another show previously to this. Now I get it. They're being real A H's. Yeah. yeah. Well, and with the video package, I was thinking, especially something like Attacking Sting, that's going to get all of us to hate them. That's a terrible thing they did. Right. Showing us again reminds me, oh, that's right. I hate these guys. They did something terrible, you know? Um, yeah. Something that I thought was great, though, I do want to add, because we we I haven't touched on it yet. Darby Allen comes out and cuts a promo. Mm -hmm. I, I said this on Twitter, but look, he's not the smoothest talker you're going to come across on a microphone, but he is emotional. He tells a story, and he sells you, you have to watch our match. Jimmy, I think Darby Allen is a great promo. I thought it was good promo as well. I thought it was passionate. He showed emotion. He showed some fire. The one thing he did, uh, yes, we liked we liked little bits of realism thrown in there when he talked about the EVPs and you guys hired your buddies from California and all this kind of stuff, which is, you know, in a lot of people's minds, real. And mm -hmm. people are going, oh, he went there. And then the, he said there was one EVP who had faith in me, and it wasn't Kenny Omega. And the crowd started chanting Cody. Ooh, I, uh, you know what? He's involved in one of the biggest angles going into the biggest show of the year. You just got their audience cheering, ch chanting his name. That was kind of like a no-no in my book. I, I Yes, I, I enjoyed the promo very much, but 
that was kind of like a ooh, maybe shouldn't have gone there kind of moment. Mm. Yeah, Issa, what, what's your point. take on Darby? I, I like what he did tonight. Uh, he sold me the match, and as somebody that, like I said, was a little bit out of the loop, I thought he brought it. Uh, he tied everything together nicely. And like you said, he's not a smooth talker, but that's what actually makes when he's passionate about what he's talking about. Uh, it, it really makes you invested. Um, you can, but you can tell when he's passionate and when he's just kind of like doing it just to do it because it's a whole different vibe here. Um, but mm -hmm. the, yeah, Darby, Darby being part of Sting's final match should be a very emotional thing for him. So it, it came off that way. I like that. He made up for Sting not being there. Yeah, I really, really loved it. Um, we're we're getting low on time, so we have a couple things we're going to touch on real quick. Uh, I alluded to this before. Bang Bang Scissor Gang. They want to see if they can work together. Uh, so they're going to have a 12-man tag on Rampage. Jimmy, I saw someone tweeted something along these lines, so I'm stealing it. I wish I remembered who it was so I could properly credit them. But I feel like Bang Bang Scissor Gang and United Undisputed Kingdom are two things that were sort of from before AEW started shifting into this new kind of presentation they're doing, mm -hmm. and they're still kind of just there, but it doesn't feel like they fit anymore. I feel like this thing, this Bang Bang Scissor Gang thing, I've always said I love all the pieces. I think everyone in this gr these groups have a ton of value. It just doesn't feel like it fits this this show anymore. Do you? What are your thoughts on this whole situation? Uh, uh, they're losing me with this and you know you like you said you got a group like the acclaimed who are over like big time and they're they feel lost in the shuffle mm -hmm. you know getting lost and you know trying to put these groups together and make it appear that somewhere down the line these they're going to battle and maybe unify the trios championship whatever the story is going to be but at the same time, like I said, you've got a, a team that was hugely over and kind of pushed them to the background. It made mm -hmm. them feel, feel, um, I don't know how to put it in different words. It's just, they, they're not, they're not grasping me. They're not getting me. It's fun, but it's not enough fun to get me back invested in them. Yeah. Isa, I thought, uh, bullet club had super potential as like the big bad stable. Uh, I thought that I think the acclaimed are one of those things that, AEW could tout as a group that the WWE doesn't have, but right now I just feel like neither of them are working. Oh yeah, one thousand percent. This screams tell me the trios titles don't matter without telling me the trios titles don't matter. You just uh, put together two of your best trios that could be having a killer feud for these championships mm -hmm. if they were important, but you just instead throw them together. I'm sure they'll eventually feud, but are we gonna care? We're not. Yeah. So. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Willow Nightingale had a match with Sky Blue. The story here is Sky Blue has turned to the dark side with Julia Hart, while Stokely Hathaway is crushing on Willow. Uh, <laughs> they're former friends, now rivals. Sky Blue is about to get the win. Stokely Hathaway distracts the ref and allows Willow to get the win. Um, Jimmy, I, I know we've talked about it a bit already, but this, for me, was one. This is a story that has been developing on Collision and Rampage. But this is one that, again, if you don't watch, I mean, I felt like this is where video package and commentary telling the story more could have done a a lot. Of, in my opinion, this was the biggest one where I was like, we really need some help with this because Willow seemed like the 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 good guy through most of this. And at the end, I was like, uh, it felt like Willow was the bad guy. But then, like, I don't really know why Stokely's helping her. But then 
why I, I don't know. There's a, if, if, if you're just tuning in or if you miss some shows, this was a very confusing situation. No, it absolutely was. And again, you're right. We don't know the story. If you're not a, a, a rabid follower of Rampage or Collision or uh, the other shows, people we see by the numbers, you know, I, I, of course, people are going to say, well, you know, there's other ways to watch these shows. Yes, we get that. But the numbers aren't there. Not like on Wednesday night. Wednesday you night. You don't even Wednesday get Wednesday. one of those shows in Canada. Is that right? It's in Collision. You guys don't even get that. No. Show? Well, yeah, you can stream it on the on the right. on the service on on the provider up here. Uh, TSN is the provider of, uh, of Dynamite uh, up here, and they stream Rampage and um, and uh, Collision on their mm -hmm. TSN Plus streaming service. So you don't even get it on television live. You have to watch it online. So again. Right. Like you said, Jack, it doesn't have to be a, a very long, just a little package, just to show a little clip to see what is going on. I think the ladies worked hard. The thing that ticked me off, though, and I'm again, it's back to the refereeing thing. I can't help it because I wear the striped shirts for so many years. The referee distraction was just executed horribly, in my opinion. It was, and I, again, I hate to nitpick here, but they did the move in the ring and jump up on the apron and Aubrey looked like she saw the pin happening, but ignored it to go walk over and be distracted as opposed to the distraction happening for her not to see the pin attempt happen. And she stayed there too long and for the, for the reversal to happen. If you know what I mean, they didn't get into the actual finish fast enough. Those distractions have to happen faster to mean more because like I say, the heat, should not be on the referee. The heat should go to where it's supposed to go, to the people, the, the talent that is supposed to be getting the heat, so to speak. I, I will say it is a win in a lot of ways for the sense that we technically had two stories from two women's division situations uh, on the show. Uh, four women who were all featured that are all great. So I think that that's a good thing. I, I think like a lot of people, I agree, would love to see more of the women's matches, more of the women's stories. Uh, Issa, um, how what are your thoughts on sky blue and willow nightingale if you're the fantasy booker do you want to give them more time to tell that story on dynamite or did you like what you saw from them i feel like we've seen this match a lot and i don't even watch collision or rampage but i feel can like i, I see can I jump this in too. real quick yeah with that comment i feel like we've seen this match a thousand times <laughs> i was told on commentary this was the first one-on-one -on -one match they've ever had and that blew no, my mind no way. I, I didn't fact check it, but they said this is the first one-on-one -on -one matchup, but it's funny. I just had to jump in because you said that, and I felt there's how is that true? I feel like we've seen this match a hundred times, but that's what they yeah, said. Yeah, it felt that way to me, but hey, you never know. Um, maybe they're just being involved in like multi-women matches because that triple threat, remember, for the TBS yeah. championship, etc. We just seen them be involved with each other a lot. Um, I, I, I told you I was a little bit bothered by Julia Hart coming out and kind of pushing Sky Blue, like, go out there and buy where she is a champion, and I just want to know what she's up to, what has she done with that championship. Um, and if she has uh, Sky Blue doing her dirty work for her now, it just doesn't feel that way because I don't see them together as much as I probably should. The match itself was solid. I'm a big fan of both of them. And I, I do like seeing Sky Blue and how much she's being featured. But it feels like there's so many women that I just haven't seen in forever. And I feel like I see a lot of the same. And that's something that should change. Maybe if they get more than one match a show, that might, you know, but what, what am I talking about? It's, uh, well, it's also, that's again, where I think from the commentary standpoint, it would have been nice if they were 
like you said, because that's what I thought. I thought it would have been cool if they alluded more to like Julia Hart is using Sky Blue and let us know that like, she's using her to stop Willow from getting. But they didn't tell us that. Something. The only like, way that I put two and two together is because Julia Hart came out with her in the beginning. She didn't even like. Yeah. She wasn't even ringside. She just came out with her. So you're gonna yeah. have to use your common sense to put two and two together. They didn't even tell us that. Yeah, I mean, I always say you got you got to beat us over the head with information sometimes, like that. Especially yeah. in wrestling in this day and age, but even on a show, there's there's a hundred storylines going on. Like, mm -hmm. so it it always helps to remind everybody us. has very you, short. You attention reminded, span. yes, yeah, yeah and people today has short attention span. That's just how it is. Yeah, and if I could uh, really quickly yeah. address Grand Flash one hundred and seven, uh, no, they haven't. I don't think the boss there is a, a fan of mine. Let's just put it that way. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh well we get to the main event uh orange Cassidy canadian versus Matt hit Taven. Magnet. <laughs> uh not canadian canadian texas death match is how we end this in one, texas though. for once uh, uh mm -hmm. so it's which is crazy talk right um, would have been great if they called like a boston death match just to be they fun up, just uh, to like keep the gimmick going <laughs> um uh, it's. I thought this was a tough, nasty matchup. It. It's bloody. It's gross. It's athletic from a match standpoint. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, eventually breaks down with Bennett coming out and Trent and Roderick. Orange Cassidy still gets the win. Um, Issa, was this violent enough for you? I know you're a violence person. Did you? Yeah, did you it like could this have from gotten, a violence it standpoint. Could have gotten violent a little bit earlier, but I love. You know, I'm a hardcore uh, mm -hmm. person. Like I love these kind of matches. It's really funny though because towards the beginning of it, I, as soon as it was announced, I was like, I do not want to see this. Right? I don't want to see Orange Cassidy and Matt Taven on a match. And then as I'm watching it, and they do that table spot off the ramp where the table doesn't break, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking. They're botching some things here, and I don't feel like, maybe I don't know, but I don't feel like this feud is that angry to be at this level of violence, right? Like, I feel like this match should be the end of something, and I don't know how long they've been feuding, but to me, it feels like it just started. However, I don't know if at some point they whispered to each other, like, no, we're not killing it. Let's really kill it, because from there on, it took off, and it just never stopped. From that kick... I think he hit him with a knee to the face, uh, Taven to Orange Cassidy, all the way to all the crazy spots that they did, that table spot. He literally flew onto a table. It was insanity. Everybody was bloody. I will say, as somebody that wasn't very familiar with Matt Taven's game, I apologize. I wasn't familiar with your game. <laughs> this felt like a coming out party for him in AEW because he's kind of just being in the background of the United Kingdom. He's kind of there. You remember him when you're done because there's so many big names in that group now. You have Adam Cole. You have uh, Roderick Strong. You have Warlow. So he, he just kind of like just kind of hangs out in the back. I loved him tonight. However, United Kingdom outside of Warlow leaving looked very weak tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, but a lot of people got involved. They kind of protected it. But yeah, this was, if you are into that hardcore stuff, I did think this delivered the dead match name. I love when they pull out the thumbstacks out of like a chocolate container. I was like, <laughs> I just went through a table, like, looked like he died. And I thought they were really going to do a silly chocolate spot at that moment. I was like, please don't do this. And then when he opened it, I was like, okay, you, you work me because I would have been so mad if they did something silly at, at that point in the match when he was picking up. But yeah, I, I actually really liked it. For me, yeah, this was the match of the night. Well, that's fair. This was a good, this was definitely a good match. So I, that's definitely fair. Jimmy, um, I, I feel like, and again, I, I feel like I'm harping on the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. I think the story of the match was that Roderick Strong is facing Orange Cassidy at Revolution. 
And so they are doing this because they're trying to weaken Orange Cassidy as much as possible in a death match with Matt Taven. Great way to do that. I don't feel like they ever said that at any point. I mean, they they did mention that he's going to have a tag or a, a match with Roderick, but they didn't talk about this is just the bad guys trying to beat up the good guy before right. their big showdown down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did how did you like this one? How did you like uh, the match in general? And you alluded to it earlier, so I'll let you kind of take it from there. How did you feel about it closing the show? Uh, um, I understand why they put this mm-hmm. to close the show, but with what happened earlier, that just felt so much more important. That's a, that, That's the one that resonated with me more. Look, these guys again went, you know what, to the wall, mm-hmm. and 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 they 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 put it all out there. If you're like Isa said, if you're into this hardcore style of wrestling, this was the match you would love, absolutely love. I think they went a little too far, did a little too much, and didn't let stuff resonate. Yes, I know there were time constraints as well, going you know to, with a bit of an overrun as well. But at the same time, like you said, it for a Texas death match, I thought it delivered. I thought it did a heck of a job. And maybe you're right. I, that's a good point that you made, that part of commentary's job also is to help tell the story and where it's leading. And if mm-hmm. someone would have said, especially someone as smart as Taz, could have at least mentioned, you know what? This looks like a plan that they want to beat him down before they, he gets to Roderick Strong right. at Revolution. Just that's all you have to say. You don't have to harp on it too long. Put it the thought in people's minds so they go, oh, I think I know where they're going with this yeah. thing now. You know what I mean? But yeah. Other than that, yeah. You know, and the thing that also threw me off, and I hate to keep harping on the referee thing, is they said the only one is by KO or, or submission. Now, uh, I said this on Twitter that, you know, I thought to me, a KO is an absolute knockout where you're out, right. completely out. They didn't explain to the fans or to the audience that they considered a knockout not being able to make it to your feet by a 10 count. Yeah, he the, the wind kind of came out of nowhere. It was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the only thing. And, and again, like like you said, uh, commentary, just a little hint of, hey. This is maybe why they did it. And, there was and, a lot of 20 and 10 at the end, Jimmy, because like you can, unless you're paying close attention, you can't even notice that the ref is counting because there's so many people in the ring and there's so much going on that you yeah. kind of like miss the count. And next thing you know, he's counting to 10, the bell rings, and you're like, oh crap, I guess he didn't get up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like a good announcer knows when to lay out. The, right. the, all, all the other guys in the ring should have known where to, to know where the cameras are and where to position themselves so that the audience can see what's happening. The audience at home looked, I think, was a little confused with that finish. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it was to the to the point mentioned before too. I love this match. I, th- I think Taven was great, and Isa, I love that oh, you good. mentioned that. I feel like he really showed the world what he could do. So I love that that happened. I get, I liked everything as someone who because I'm up. To, like I know the story. So when I talk about the commentary thing, it's really more of a you know as a, as Jimmy says, a, a tighten screws kind of like as we mm-hmm. nitpick things here, but. Um, so I did, I did love the match. I love the, I, I love what they did here. Uh, but to the point we talked about earlier, I do feel like most TV shows, the best TV shows, they end on a good cliffhanger where this didn't end on a cliffhanger. This ended just in an orange Cassidy one. We'll see you next week. Right. But as opposed to going back to the Adam Copeland, Daniel Garcia, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, thing that 
oh my god, what's gonna like will and she's Ad- dead. <laughs> yeah, like is yeah. is is Copeland going to be able to challenge for the title? Who's the challenger? But you know, how much damage was done? With, you know, yeah. yeah. Shot ending on Christian Cage. Like, what happens next? I you got to tune in next week to find out. You yeah, yeah, to find out. Because they um, come back, they come back from they come back from break, and they say, you know, he, he made it back on his feet to the locker room with help. You right. Know, but still, you know, after something like that, you know, even come back from break, and they're still working well, that's on something they, they, you know, uh, I mean? we have yeah, we have been picking at this for, and that's something that they really need to work on because. Mm-hmm. Even even you mentioned that during the main event, that that table spot, I thought that man died when he like flew literally yeah. onto that table, and yeah. and 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 Incredible. they did try to like waste a little bit of time, but he was right back up, and I was like, man, he needed to stay. Like I mm-hmm. I I think I audibly gasped when he did that, and to see him be right back up, it was just like no, like yeah. maybe that could have been the finish somehow. You know what I mean? Maybe you could have figured yeah. out to where that's where it ends. And of course, it's not getting back up from that. You know what I mean? So right. yeah, there's a couple of things that they could still work on that would like just improve everything just a tiny bit more. Yeah. Um, Carl saying the time in psychology after Garcia and Adam matches got the crowd going. And I loved how the boo and the cheers was balanced going he, back and forth. The yeah. heat on Christian Cage is always oh. beautiful. And he keeps getting it in different kind of ways. Like every time he comes out, he just figures out a new way to get everybody to boo him. It's beautiful to watch. Yeah. yeah, Christian Cage is is not to be a pun. He's a, he's at an elite level right now. He's, he's prime. Yeah, <laughs> his he's the perfect like. You want to beat him. I mean, the championship is there, but like you want to beat him. You know, but both championships feel so elite right now. Why can't we do that yeah. with the women as well? I agree. I think we need to get more of those. Or the trio championship, or the like the tag. The tag. Well, some belt, of them, I think, we can just blend together. Right. But. The tag belts <laughs> matter just because you just put them on Sting and Darby, but Darby mm-hmm. and Sting match was going to matter no matter what. You didn't need to do that. Yeah. So you yeah. know, like, let's like, and I get it. We we managed to elevate two titles, great, but you also made another fifteen titles in this company. Let's try to elevate them all. Right. Yeah, I agree. So. Uh, that I think is going to wrap it up for us. Uh, so thank you to all of you who stick stuck around to the very end. Uh, appreciate you all. Remember to like, comment, share, subscribe before we go. As always, Isa, where can the world find you online and what your final thoughts on the show and all that good stuff? I enjoyed the show. It was very 50-50. There was nothing that happened that that was must-watch. Like, I always judge my shows. Like, if you didn't watch, you missed out on this. I don't think there was anything that was must-watch, but it was enjoyable. Um, people can find me, NYC Demon Diva, across all platforms. Subscribe to my YouTube. You can find me here on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and also Lucha Libre Online. And Jimmy Corderas, where can the world find you and all your stuff you've got going on? Well, first of all, I did like I did enjoy tonight's episode for the most part. Again, like you, Jack, I can be a little nitpicky at times, but it it, it didn't take away from my enjoyment tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, obviously, little tightening of the screws. And speaking of tightening of the screws, you can catch me doing my ref and rants on all my social media platforms from Monday to Friday. Uh, just putting it out there, little critiques, not to tear down, but like you said, tighten the little screws that I think need to be tightened, in my opinion. You can catch me here on, on Monday nights with uh, uh, Triple J and here on Wednesday nights with you two. And also the Roughing It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner, and uh, RJ, who holds the glue together on that show. Thank you, RJ. Big shout out to him. And uh, this week we had Shark Boy. We had a lot of fun ch- talking to him. It was up. Shell, yeah. I love Shark Shark Boy. 
Uh, yeah, so definitely everyone again, thank you for being here. If you could leave a review, that would be very appreciated. You can find me at real Jack farmer across all social media. I'm here on wrestling Inc on Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, yeah, and I love this episode. I thought it was really great. I know I, I critique some things, but mostly I add things to critique. Otherwise people say you're a shell. You're in Tony <laughs> Khan's pocket. I'm not getting a penny, oh. but I would take it if he offered it. I'm the uh, opposite. I'm the opposite show <laughs> than you, then, uh, because yeah. you know, apparently I, I'm getting a paycheck from somebody. It's still, but nobody told I'm me for, <laughs> I'm for sale. Okay, so if anyone's got money to hand out for, please I, do. I can be bought. Yes, I can be bought. <laughs> Absolutely, be bought. So listen, you want perfect reviews? Throw me the money. I'll tell you yeah. how great you are. Uh, but. Um, uh, I am speaking about great though. I am going to be doing commentary on a really great show from prestige wrestling here in Los Angeles on the 25th. If you're local, come see the show. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be on, um, fight TV as well. No, IWTV.com. That is the one that, uh, it's going to be on. I mean, it's going to be, we got, uh, Mustafa Ali is going to be there. Jordan Grace oh, is going to be cool. there. Uh, Tiger mask is going to be there. Uh, Chris Sabian is going to be there. Uh, Mike, Bailey's going to be there. There's a ton of really big stars that are going to be there. It's going to be really fun. I'm excited to call that show. So if you can't, if you can be there live, get a ticket. But if you can't, watch it streaming. It's going to be super fun. Uh, also, make sure to follow at Wrestling Inc. for all your latest wrestling news. And make sure to check out our next show, which is going to be after SmackDown. And that's going to be a banger of an episode. So don't miss it. Until then, I don't know. Have a good day. <laughs>